0: Well, I'd like to welcome you back to our series, Abiding in the Lord, Following Jesus. You and I have been on an amazing journey. We come to, if you will, our last lesson, uh, lesson number nine. We're going to turn into the Old Testament for our final lesson as we look at Joshua chapter 3, the first 17 verses. As we continue to understand what does it mean to have Jesus in the center of our life, to abide in the Lord, and then to follow Him. Such an important understanding, and we've walked a journey and looked at a number of passages. We started with Ruth, and then we walked through Luke, and now we come to Joshua. And I've titled this message, uh, this, if you will, lesson, Crossing Over the Jordan to Follow the Lord. Now there's some pretty amazing things are about to happen. Realize at this point, the people of Israel are moving across the Jordan River to the Promised Land. And let's pick it up as we read. It says, as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water began piling up at a town downstream called Adam, which is near Zinneroth. And the water below the point flowed on to the Dead Sea until the riverbed was dry Then all the people crossed over near the city of Jericho. Meanwhile, the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Lord's Covenant stood on dry ground in the middle of the riverbed as the people passed by them. They waited there until everyone had crossed the Jordan on dry ground." What an amazing moment. I mean, you and I think about the parting of the Red Sea and often forget there was another parting of the sea right here as the people are about, re- are about to go into the promised land that had been spoken to them. But as they were about to come up, now I, I want you to realize that at this point, the water was flowing pretty good. This was not, there are times, and I've been to Israel, we, I've seen the Jordan when it's more like a stream, but then there are seasons when the Jordan is very much like a river and would be very dangerous to cross. This is a point in time when they come to the river's edge and the water is deep and moving quickly. So a miracle is about to happen. Now, can you imagine being the people of God coming up thinking, on the other side of that river is where God wants us? But there's a problem. Water's in the way, a rushing river's in the way. If you will, there's a barrier between them and God's promise. So, what do you do? Think about it. What happens when you face a barrier? Do you stop? Give up? What I see happening here is that a choice was being made. Do we commit or do we wait? Do we back off? Do we pull away? What I see happening here is they made a commitment. Because I want you to understand, when they, and the word here is very clear, when they got into the water, they didn't put their toe in to see what would happen. They actually walked into the water. And had the waters not stopped like they would and started to pull back, those priests would have gone right down that river and probably been killed. And the ark that they were carrying would have fallen. And obviously, that would have been a bad thing. But I want you to see what these men did that you and I are called to do. They totally committed to God. There's something that God calls us to that we come up to something and God says, are you willing to totally commit to me and take the risk. Well, when these men did, of course, an amazing thing happened. They overcame fear and had faith. Because here's what I learned, our God is greater than any other God. And there's nothing that our God cannot touch. There's nothing that our God cannot change. It says, as soon as the feet of the priests who were carrying the ark touched the water at the river's edge, the water literally immediately began piling up downstream. Now it's interesting, the word is telling us nothing happened until the priest's feet touched the water. There's some things that you just need to trust God in and take a step forward. You need to take that first step and declare, God, I'm committed to you. I'm willing to step in and move forward. You know, maybe God's called you To do something and you're waiting for something to happen. I think of one of the examples is like tithing. A lot of times we say to God, God, I'll tithe but first supply the need. Give me the money and then I'll go ahead and give out of my, if you will, excess. Well, God says, are you committed to me? Are you willing to give and trust me? And often that's exactly the challenge of tithing is that we look and we think, There's just not enough. So we come to the edge of the river. Are we going to commit and write the check and give to God and entrust him to meet all of our needs? Or are we going to back away and say, God, you know what? You stop the river first and then I'll cross. See, God calls us to just step into the water. You see, I hear from this passage, God calling you and I to keep him first and to always keep him in sight. To keep the Lord God in the front of what we're doing. I see that there is clear, this is a clear word picture, if you will, that who's in the front? The ark. It represents God. The priest carrying it. Look what it says. Giving these instructions to the people, when you see the Levitical priest carrying the ark of the covenant of the Lord, your God, follow them. Since you have never traveled this way before, they will guide you. Stay about a half a mile behind them, keeping a clear distance between you and the ark. Make sure you don't come any closer. Joshua told the people, purify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do great wonders among you. In the morning, Joshua said to the priest, lift up the ark of the covenant, lead the people across the river, and so they started out. It's all there. What a clear word picture that is. Keep the Lord in front. If you and I are going to be followers of Jesus, what we learn in Joshua that continues all the way through the entire Word of God is that the Lord needs to lead the way. We need to keep ourselves out in front. You know, There is such a clear declaration that it says in the Shema, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. The only way you and I are going to get across the barriers, the only way that we are going to, if you will, cross the Jordan, is to put God in front, follow him, and trust him. Remember, that ark is a very powerful ark. It it has so many powerful symbols when you think about the ark had the Ten Commandments, the ark had the jar of manna, the ark had Aaron's rod. So, what does that mean? It reminds us that what goes in front is god's word god's provision and the confidence of god to do it so when you and i put god out in front what we're saying is god we're willing to live according to your word we're going to trust you for your provision and we are going to understand that you will give us the confidence to step forward and remember that on top of the ark was the mercy seat and the cherubim which reminds us there's atonement And there's presence. What an amazing work picture going in front of all the people of Israel. Literally the presence of God, the atonement of God, the word of God, the provision of God, and the confidence of the Lord. And guess what happened? The water stopped, and they crossed, not on muddy ground, but on dry ground. And i got to tell you, that's exactly what the Lord's going to do in our life. Hebrews tells us, Let us run with endurance the race that God has set before us. And we do this, listen, by keeping our eyes on Jesus, on whom our faith depends from start to finish. There it is, a parallel passage. Joshua 3, Hebrews 12. How do we step out? How do we move forward? By keeping our eyes on Jesus. Listen, the way to success The way for you and I to keep abiding in the Lord and following Jesus is to keep Him in front and to keep your eyes on Him. When you do that, then you're not going to go the wrong way. When you keep your eyes on Jesus, then you're going to have the confidence. You're going to understand there is God's presence. And how do you and I do that? By reading the Word. By listening to the Spirit of God by being in the fellowship of believers. And as we do all of that, working together, you're gonna see amazing things happen. Joshua chapter three, the passage we studied in Luke, Ruth chapter one, all speak to you and I about what it means to abide in the Lord and have the Lord abide in us. It talks about what it means to be a follower, a genuine follower of Jesus. I encourage you to take these things that we have studied together, that we have processed together. Remember, you and I highly value the integration and application of God's word in our lives. So take this word and apply it. And realize that Joshua 3 is a word for today. Hebrews tells us again, keeping our eyes on Jesus. Step out in faith and keep the Lord in front of you. And together, you and I will abide in the Lord.